0: Well, good morning, everyone. It's nice to see all of you here. Um, uh, it's a wonderful story, and I thank um, Harry and Eileen and Zachary for their story. And right now, I'd just like to um, offer up a blessing for them. So if you would do, um, pray along with me. Okay. Heavenly Father, as Eileen and Harry continue on this journey of adoption. May you bless Eileen and Harry with your peace. Peace in the waiting for their baby daughter to be born. Peace in giving up any control of things beyond their control. Peace, and I ask that you go before them, making the way smooth, taking away any obstacle that they may encounter. May you bring joy as they build a healthy relationship with their birth mothers, And may they be secure in their relationship with you, Lord, in your ability to bring healing hope in the relationships. May Eileen and Harry experience your unconditional love so that they can give that unconditional love to Zachary and their new daughter. Grant Eileen and Harry your godly wisdom as they help Zachary bond with the new baby sister to love one another. We also ask that you give Eileen and Harry the right words to say when Zachary and the little sister asks those important questions about their adoption. And may you continue to bless this family with what they need in your perfect time. Amen. So good morning again. It's also wonderful to see all of you and for those of you online, uh, welcome to our worship service the second week of Advent. Now online, we have Pastor Ryan, who would like to chat with you. So please, if he asks a question, please answer and make the comments friendly, keep them friendly. Okay, he would love to chat with you. So he is our online pastor for this week, thank you. Now this is our second week of Advent, as we said, and this year, oh, you know, Pastor January did a, such a great job in leading us before, just before, uh, and really, that's my sermon, so I don't need to continue, <laughs> but uh, I know I can't get out of this. So. <laughs> But I, let's just add a few more things. How's that? So this week, um, this Advent theme is, is birth pangs, the labor of hope. And in Pastor Jason's devotion last week, he introduced to us the Advent theme that with disappointment of um, and loss that we experienced last year, and even maybe some of us lost had some ex- loss and disappointments this year. We enter this year's Advent season with with, um, hopefully, a courageous hope, a hope that life that might bring life back to normal in the next year. So I ask you this question, what does that courageous hope look like? What does courageous hope mean? And what does pregnant hope look like? So I was thinking about this and how I would answer these questions. So a lot of, a lot of these images came to mind. And certainly, um, after hearing Eileen and Harry's story, a journey of infertility and uh, adoption, their story is a journey of courageous hope, isn't it? Another would be um, maybe someone anticipating a new season of life, like retirement, or a new business venture, uh, the possibilities of a new job position. Maybe relationships. A grief, a loss. An educational hope. Or an anticipation of something. These are some of the things that Pastor January had asked us to think about and name. So I'm just giving, off, giving you some other possibilities that may, you may not have thought about. And all of these, Take courage, courageous courage, to continue to have the hope in these ventures. Now, as I was listening to uh, Eileen and Harry's story, I was struck by how long they had to wait for, to start a family. And if I'm not, and if I am correct, it was close to 10, 11 years before they had Zachary. And now they had to wait after another two years, almost a year and a half before they could, can adopt their baby daughter. Now, because this is the Christmas season, we hear the familiar story of Jesus' birth, and, and as they were waiting, it's also reminding me how long the Israelites and the prophets had to wait for Jesus' birth. And Jesus' birth was, had been foretold, had been prophesied, back in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, almost 400 years ago. So let's look at the the Bible verse in Isaiah. Then Isaiah said, hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the Virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. So, the, you know, the birth, the birth of Jesus had always been foretold and had been and had been prophesied all those years. So, can you imagine what it was like for all these generations of all these people who had all these prophets who had to wait all these years to see this Messiah? and for this prophecy to come to pass. Now the book of Matthew records this genealogy of Jesus and the generations, so beginning with Abraham. So the genealogy included uh, Jacob, Isaac, Boaz, uh, and his wife Ruth, yay we have women in the genealogy, King David, King Solomon, and finally Joseph and Mary. Now in Matthew, as I said, it records the genealogy, and I'm not gonna go through all of the names, but we'll just start off with the first verse, and it says that this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and then right after that, it goes through all of the generations. And then the last verse, in verse 17, it says, thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David and then another 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and then a 14 from the exile to the Messiah. So just as Eileen and Harry had to wait so long to have start their family, the Israelites and the prophets had to wait to see the Messiah being born. So when the angel visited Mary and tells her that she had been chosen to carry this special baby, this baby whose birth, had been foretold so many generations ago. She has become the f- part of the fulment, fulment, fulfillment of this prophecy. So let's read Luke's account of the angel's visit with Mary. And for this passage, I would like for you to sit back, close your eyes, and listen to the words. Now it's not often, because this is so familiar, sometimes we kind of gloss over it, or miss, over, miss some of the words. So close your eyes. And, and, and just listen to the words, and listen to the story. Put yourself in the imagination of the, seeing this conversation between the angel and Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Gal- Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary and the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Isn't a wonderful passage? To know that you have been chosen, that's kind of scary, but yet you're carrying someone who, some, a baby who is so important to the rest of the world and for the mankind. So now Mary has to wait for another nine months, wait for the day, for when the time is time for Jesus' birth. And while she is waiting, what hopes does she have for this baby? Can you imagine in each generation the prophets to look to the, looked for the Messiah and wondered if, if in their generation, in their lifetime, would they see this Messiah? whose birth had been foretold. I always wonder, so what kept their hope up during this time of waiting for the Messiah? Now we've, Pastor January asked us to name that hope. I've given you a few ideas of what those hopes could be, what, those, what could be planted in your, what God has pla- placed in your heart. So what hopes, what keeps your hope up during those time of expectant waiting? and preparation for the vision or desire that God has placed in your heart. What pregnant hope did God place in your heart? Now, we have, like I've mentioned, it could be a new venture, a new season in life, a possibility of new job. But even in the midst of loss and grief, what kind of hope is God placing in your heart? What is that seed did he place in that heart? So, in the midst of the waiting, there is always, always hope. Hope that the business will be successful, hope in the possibilities of a new job, or opportunities for a new job. There is hope that in the season of life could mean, oh, lots of different things, right? It It could mean becoming parents. And I mentioned before retirement for a lot of us, or maybe you are in retirement already. But what does that look like, too? What pulls you along in that hope? So as I was preparing for this sharing, I thought, mm. And I was thinking about that question, what keeps one's hope up during this time of waiting? And I was, in a funny, um, I was washing my hair, usually, or uh, sometimes, you know, the spirit moves and so I'm washing my hair and all of a sudden, and, these three words came to mind, you know, faith, hope, and love. So as I was pondering this, I said, "Hmm." of course these three words are very familiar, and it comes from a familiar passage, 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter. And And it says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love so, what is the connection of these three? As so I was still pondering it. And then, um, at, the Church of the, at the Church in the Park last week, I happened to mention this connection between faith and hope to my friend Wendy Toda. Wendy, who is an artist with a contemplative spirit and expresses those thoughts in art. And after some thinking, she sent me this graphic. When there is a hope, a hope that God places in our hearts, it is faith that keeps that hope alive, right? A faith to persevere, to believe that what we hope and waited for will be fulfilled. Then, but when that faith falters, it is that hope <clears throat> that vision, that seed that is planted, that keeps us in that faith. So, faith, <clears throat> hope, and faith are circular. So, when one part fails, when we falter, when, pa- one, uh, when we feel one part falter, the other picks up. They are both independent and interdependent of each other but it is that love that binds the two together. Much as Eileen and Harry mentioned at, towards the end of their sharing, they said that at times for, <clears throat> they, they were losing hope, but yet it was their faith that kept them strong, that kept them with that hope. And the faith had made them stronger. And because of that faith that made them stronger, the hope became, um, they were able to keep that hope and to see that hope through. Now, this Advent season is the time that we're going to, for this week, we're talking about finding courageous hope. So I would like to leave you with these questions for you. What are you starting to hope for in the coming year? What do you dare to hope for? And what hope is God placing in your heart? These are questions for you to ponder, questions for you to uh, examine. Much like a New Year's resolution, but this is a little bit deeper. What are some of the hopes that you have for the next year? And whatever that hope is placed on your heart, know that God is with you, Emmanuel. May you know that he will um, continue to grow that hope in you, that he will continue to grow that faith in you as you go on this journey of courageous hope.